Hey, what's going on? You're listening to the Nighttime Show podcast, one of the most incredible podcasts in the history of mankind. Uh, with you, uh, there were some always. pretty good podcasts uh, seven million years ago. Oh, in the turn yeah. of the century, they were, they were great podcasts back then. <laughs> yeah, nothing compares though to what you're about to listen to—the <laughs> epicness of this podcast. Now, Matt, uh, mm-hmm. Matt, Matt's here. We, him, and I have. Uh, uh, we we stepped away for a little bit because we had to go and do San Diego Comic Con, which was an in it, it, it was it was an ordeal for the fact that we recorded seven episodes at San in Diego Comic Con in one day. Yeah, it's a lot. we've got a lot of great content coming uh, over yeah. the next couple months. You're going to hear from all our reviews of Comic Con. Yes, um, that so I think you're going to subscribe. Enjoy. Subscribe yeah. to the show. Don't just listen to one. Listen to them all. Um, and this one uh, was taped at the Dynasty Typewriter. Uh, which is a theater in downtown Los Angeles, a very cool, intimate venue that we were. We had a, a wonderful audience that was there. They were they were so incredible. They sat. They literally watched a three hour podcast, and this is uh, the first section of that, which is an interview with the incredible, uh, the infamous Maurice Lamarche. So yep. uh, let's take a listen to it right now. This is a nighttime show, this is a nighttime show with your favorite host, Stephen Glickamino. This is a nighttime show, this is a nighttime show with your favorite host, Stephen Glickamino. We, we, we got Mike Black, the fanatic in charge, the announcer of the show with the voice so large. We got Matt Walker, meanest in the South, and you wouldn't be surprised he got a foot in his mouth. Uh, nominated for an Emmy, that's Mike Glazer. Super cool and chill, that's why they call him the Blazer. So sit back. And relax, you know the show is really fire. Special episode in the Dynasty Typewriter. This is a nighttime show. This is a nighttime show with your favorite host, Stephen Glickamino. This is a nighttime show. This is a nighttime show with your favorite host, Stephen Glickamino. This is a nighttime show. This is a nighttime show with your favorite host, Stephen Glickamino. This is a nighttime show. This is a nighttime show with your favorite host, Stephen Glickamino. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dynasty Typewriter. It's the Nighttime Show! Play that crazy fucking music. Hell yeah. All right, tonight we have an amazing lineup. But right now, I'm going to bring your host to the stage. The moistest, toastiest host with the most. Put your hands together for Stephen Kramer Glickman! Everybody, how we doing? Woo! Welcome to the nighttime show. Are you guys excited? Well, I'm excited too. We've got a really fun show. Doop doop doop. <laughs> this uh, let's introduce uh, to my right, uh, the voice of the nighttime show, our announcer, Mr. Mike Black. Mike, hi everyone. Black attack. Woo! The Mike Black attack, and then to his right. The meanest redheaded bitch since Annie <laughs> stabbed that dog to death. <laughs> it deserved it. Yeah. So. Matt Walker, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Walker. And then to my left, we just went on a trip to Wait, San Diego. Wait, there's more? Yeah. <laughs> to my left, we just went to San oh, Diego boy. on a little trip and performed for a bunch of 16-year-olds. It was super fucking weird. Why Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Emmy-nominated Mike Glazer. <laughs> Woo! What's up? 
<laughs> my number one IMDb credit is performed for 16-year-olds. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Awesome. Yeah, that was weird, huh? That was a weird show. And they put performed in quotation marks. Oh, performed, yeah. Performed, performed. For 16-year-olds. That was weird, huh? Those, all Yo, those kids and the weirdness. Without MTV cameras there, I did not feel like I belonged. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird, man. Kids are kids. Uh, uh, kids are weird. Uh, yeah. What's the matter with kids today? What's <laughs> the matter with kids today? Uh, we've got an amazing show for you tonight. The nighttime show. Here's what it is for those of you who don't know. Uh, it is a, 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 a live talk show podcast. <laughs> where We're going to interview uh, some of your favorite people, some of our favorite people. Uh, and, and we're going to ask them all sorts of fun and interesting uh, things. And then uh, play some things, maybe some clips, right? From the history of You like clips, life. don't you? You guys like them clips? <laughs> and then we're going to do a Q&A. Uh, so uh, and Mike Glazer's going to have this microphone. He's going to run around, take questions from y'all in the audience. How's that sound? So you can ask that burning question you've always had for you know who. I don't know. Um, all right. But uh, Glazer, why don't you get the- Fuck out of here. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, Glazer. <laughs> Uh, give Mike Glazer another round of applause. Woo! He tried really hard today. He really did. Um, let's bring up our uh, our first mm-hmm. guest. Are we? Uh, <laughs> well, wait. What do we got? Uh, oh yeah. Okay. All right. Are you sure? Yeah. No, I'm ready. You let's work here, it. right? Yes. All right. Go okay. For it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our first guest is a legendary voiceover artist who's worked on Futurama, Rick and Morty, The Simpsons, Adventure Time. He was Dr. Egon Spengler on The Real Ghostbusters, but he's most known for being the brain on Pinky and the Brain. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Maurice LaMarche! What do you want to do tonight? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. The Pinky and the Brain. Yes, Pinky and the Brain. One is a genius, the other's insane. The laboratory mice, the team has his mice. The Pinky and the Brain. Damn, I thought you were going to knock down two bombs. Nice to see you, Maurice LaMarche, everybody. Thank you. Let him hear it. He's a piece of your life. Thank you. Maurice LaMarche. Matt, good to see you both. It's great to see you. (laughs) Nice to be back. Nice to see you not in an airport in Orlando, Florida. Yes. Yes, but here where I'm not going to be taking off into the wild blue yonder. Gambling with my life. <laughs> how, do, how do you like uh, doing those uh, the things in the cons? Do you like going to the comic cons and the signing the autographs? Yeah, I do. Things? You know, I, I can I take yeah, this take out? that yes, out, sure. take it out. Yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I just undo my yeah, pants? Yeah, undo your pants. <laughs> undo you want pants. me? To, I can undo them. Hang on one second. No, no. I'm getting back myself really comfortable. I thought you were gonna do because I'm like burps. a dad now. I'm like a granddad. Gonna... I'm like a I'm not. Li- I'm like a granddad. Actually, my son. I don't know if he'll ever give me children or not, but I'm, I'm, I don't have any grandchildren that I know of. I thought you were um, going to do one of your world-famous burps. You've, uh, you've I'm burped. working on the fart now. Burp, burping okay. I've got down <laughs> pat. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm trying to be as good as Dave Coulier at the farts. He's <laughs> a master uh, fake farter. You have been a professional burper, though. You have burped. I've been paid to burp. You've been paid to burp. Indeed, indeed. Burping has brought residual checks to my house. Get the <laughs> hell out of here. Are I you was amazed. The first year that Elf went on home video, I got a grand. I got a thousand dollars in March. And it went on home video for Christmas of that year. And I was like, I got a thousand dollars for going. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, <laughs> ha, 
$1,000 burp right there. That's a $1,000 burp. You guys are like $990 ahead already tonight. <laughs> yeah, You're doing great. Big deal. <laughs> exactly right. Um, it was, it was, I, did, I got it in like one take. For that. <laughs> God. Thank God, because I didn't have a second take in me. There wasn't enough. <laughs> coke. How do you get booked for something? How did that even happen? How do well, you I guess, I guess it, you know, all things you know, emanate from Animaniacs. Um, they'd, you know, they'd seen the great Wackerati. You guys remember the great Wackerati from Animaniacs? That's Jess Harnell, you know, plays Wacko. 99% of the time, but those concerts at the Cartoon Hollywood Bowl where Wacko belches the Blue Danube, that was me. And we just, <laughs> I just, I, we belched the tune and then we sampled belches for little extra flourishes. And, <laughs> and that's not actually a real belch. That's, that's what I call my patented syntho belch. I've been doing that since the sixth grade. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I just, one day I just decided to play around with, you know, sounds and, you know, that came out. And what it was was I actually... My we, my dad used to like to take us to the joke store. They get you know gags and hand oh, buzzers yeah. and invisible ink and that type of thing. I love that stuff. So you know, being a divorced dad, he took me anywhere I wanted to go, right? And you know, <laughs> just to assuage the guilt. And um, I got a plastic vomit, and I thought I'm going to bring this to school, and I'm going to pretend to throw up. And it's going to be hilarious. <laughs> and so I folded up the plastic vomit. And I thought as I. As I was going to do it, I thought, I need a sound effect for this. I've already started heaving my shoulders, though, and the teacher's looking at me. I, I better make this good. So the, I dropped the plastic vomit, which I'd folded in four, and <laughs> was what came out. And she was thoroughly convinced, and I, got to, I, I was halfway to the nurse's uh, office when she figured out that it was plastic. And then we did a quick veer to the vice principal's to the vice office. Principal. Oh, yeah. But uh, but $1,000. Yeah, you know. hey, was that uh, that was that your intro? Like the first time that you have ever done anything that was uh, voice related, or had you been trying to do voices? Oh, you mean as young, a kid? As a kid, yeah. Uh, no, I I used to walk to school in like the second grade, going you know, and I, I used the hand movement that buzzard from the Bugs Bunny cartoons. And I realize now why I did it. I needed to comfort myself. Cartoons always comforted me as a kid. Uh, and, and, and going to school, I was terrified. So if I could just climb up in my head inside of a cartoon character, I could feel calmed by that. But they didn't, they didn't understand that. And you know, I, did, I saw a lot of guidance counselors and that type of thing. Were you terrified to be at school? Yeah, just yeah, because scary? I just, it, wasn't, it was outside of my comfort zone. I, I knew my parents loved me, but I didn't know that if, if any of these people would. And I thought, well, what do I love? I love cartoon characters. I love cartoons. And maybe if I become a cartoon character, people will, will like me. And so wow. I did that and then said they thought I was odd. Now, 30 years later, that became a prophecy. And, uh, you know, when I started doing cartoons, people would start liking me because <laughs> I became the voice of their childhood. So that, you know, that's nice. Yeah. But um, it, initially, it was just a weird coping mechanism to just disappear into other voices and that type yeah. of thing. And I started doing impressions in junior high. You know, when my voice finally broke, I actually came up with the, my first good impression was, was an actor who's gone now. And you, I just realized none of you were old enough to really remember him. Uh, his name was Peter Falk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember Columbo. Peter Falk? Okay, oh, yeah. so you remember, remember the grandfather from, Princess Bride. from The Princess Bride? Of course, yeah. Whenever Wesley said, as you wish, he really <laughs> meant, I love you. But prior to that, he did a character named Columbo, which is one of the great TV <laughs> detectives of all time, because Columbo's thing was, you thought he was a stumble bum. 
you thought he was an idiot. He was a rumpled, you know, trench coat and a burnt down cigar and never quite seemed to know where he was. He looked confused all the time. But under all of that was 151 IQ. And he was actually one of the smartest detectives there ever was. And he just disarmed <laughs> these rich Beverly Hills murdering assholes. It's amazing <laughs> how many murderers there were in Beverly Hills over the many seasons of <laughs> yeah, Columbo. A lot of murders Wealthy there. murdering <laughs> Beverly Hills assholes. And he caught every last one of them. And I loved him. And he was the very first impression. Uh, not not unlike uh, uh, Monk. Uh, that, yes. Uh, which was basically the same kind of Kind, kind of thing. Of yeah, I mean, yeah. All, all of the... All of the, the TV detectives of, of uh, the good ones all had some sort of, you know, uh, handicap or something that was holding them. Like Ironside, man, Raymond Burr was in a wheelchair. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Kinnison used to do a bit. <laughs> he used to do a bit. Mark, change my piss bag, would you? You know, um, you know uh, but, you know, uh, there, was, there was Cannon. Cannon who was, was, was overweight, you know, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. and only had these little slits for eyes because he was so fat. And, and, you know, but he had a, Bill Conrad, he had a great voice. He was the voice of my childhood. He was the he was the narrator of all the all of all the Bowingle cartoons. Yeah. God, wow. Yeah, and he and was, they would have him do stunts on that show. I remember they'd have him hanging from a helicopter. Yeah, it's like, absolutely. Three hundred pound man. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Put him down. What kind of? I'm a three hundred pound man. This guy's Don't got. give me a detective show. I'm not up for any of that shit. I'm happy doing my voice over. Yeah, now those impressions. Uh, led to you in, in sort of your starting show business when you started doing stand-up, you were known as an impressionist. Yes, I was. I, I mean, my whole act was just impressions. In fact, uh, I was just saying to a young lady backstage that I, I, I only did it about 10 years and I was just developing a point of view. I was just finally coming out of the whole, um, you know, what, what wacky situation can we put this celebrity in and putting on like little skits, celebrities as waiters, celebrities visiting, visiting Fantasy Island, celebrities at a roast you know things yeah. like that and and kind of coming up with my own stuff and then my father was murdered in 1987 and oh, i God. just spiraled into depression and alcoholism and drug use and and i just i when i finally climbed out of that in 1989 it's like you know i just didn't have I, i'd lost my momentum with stand-up mm -hmm. but i had this great cartoon voiceover crew and so that that i decided that's where i'd continue you know and 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 uh, and I put all my energy into that, and it seems to have done okay. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, That's I do miss stand up though. I mean, you know, I mean, but you were no slouch in stand up. You you did some pretty uh, big things in the stand up world. I uh, mean, I mean, I, I I did I did the Merv Griffin show a bunch of times. Sure. Um, which was like Johnny Carson, Merv Griffin. You know, and I, I in fact, Johnny Carson's brother produced the Merv Griffin show, and and. And they were friends, um, but I, I could never get on Carson. Carson was the thing that was like my dream. Well, look, Carson was and John. You go, oh, that's a, that's a pretty good impression of me. <laughs> None of you remember him, so that's okay. <laughs> Car Carson was great, but he was no Rodney Dangerfield. I tell you, I'm all right now, but last week I was in rough shape. You know, <laughs> <laughs> last week I went to bed with an inflatable girl. Now I got an inflatable guy looking for me. <laughs> Rodney was very good to me. I did his yeah. young comedian special in 1985. Uh, for those who need a reference of Rodney Dangerfield. Field, uh, in compared to the impression, let's uh, take a look at this clip. Okay, let's start the show. All right, we have a guy here from Canada. Canada, oh, Canada's here. Good. Later on, I'll make you feel at home. I'll chop a tree. <laughs> anyway, right now, say hello to Maurice Lamarche. Okay, Maurice, here we go. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rodney. 
Thank you. Well, that's great. I am an impressionist, and uh, people ask me, how did you get started doing impressions? I really had to watch a lot of television when I was a kid, and I cut my impressionist teeth on Saturday morning TV. Natasha, we must get moose and squirrel. Yes, Boris, darling. Fluffer and fuckatash. Oh, my George, Quincy Magoo, you've done it again. Oh, Phineas J., whoopie, you're the greatest. Come along, Chumley. Dirty Tennessee. <laughs> okay, Fred. Come on, Betty. Come on, Bam Bam. Kaku, Kaku, Puka. Gosh, Yogi, I don't think the ranger's gonna like this. Oh, uh, well, fuck the ranger, boo-boo. I'm smarter than the average Ben. <laughs> come on, come on. Come on. That's amazing. Cute, wasn't I? You're so <laughs> Isn't wonderful. it amazing that that could turn into this? <laughs> because I never gave up on the idea that I could eat anything I wanted. And when you're 27, it all goes in and it's fine. But I just kept eating like that. But you know, it's really crazy. I was just having a talk with somebody about like weight, about like losing weight and getting fat. And one of the things that that's so funny about go, getting, you know, getting larger as a man right. is if you work in the business, but you don't need to be a, a, a thin svelte guy, right. then you can kind of... You can you can you can turn into what you can do whatever you want. Like when I was doing the Nickelodeon kid show, right? I started getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but it didn't make any difference to me because they were buying all my clothes for me. Right. So I show up. <laughs> well, there's and, so much food. Yeah, there's so much. There's food also on so much set. food in show business. Oh my god! There's craft service <laughs> tables and uh, cafeterias with free that, food. That's how you can tell looking at this table which is the least successful member of this podcast right here. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> You're skinny. They're not feeding you, Matt. They you must feed you. Son of a bitch. No, I'll tell so, you, it's it, 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 it's true. And every hefty 60-year-old has a picture of him from 30 years ago that looks like that. <laughs> I never understood this about my dad's friends, all these, you know, old big guys. But yeah, I mean, this is it. Metabolism's changed and you, you learn to accept that you can't is, have sugar you, or... Bread Did you take your time as hedonism bought to heart and that's how you're living your life now? Is that uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I, 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 it was fascinating to hear that from me because I haven't seen that clip in forever. I've lost all my high end. I could not do Pebbles uh, Flintstone if I tried. Yeah. I don't have that. Buckle, buckle, buckle. It's gone. I, the, the other thing I did as an idiot, um, <laughs> if, I can, if I can just have my life stand as a, <laughs> an example of what not to do, you young people. Stop, stop overeating now. And quit smoking because <laughs> I, I smoked cigars for 22 years oh, wow. and it killed my high end. And sure. so I've got no high end left. Do, do you mm. find that there are voices you can do now that you couldn't do then? Orson Welles. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. because of course Orson smoked 30 cigars a day and <laughs> I was right on his heels. In fact, when he died, his, his, uh, his gal, his, his right hand gal, I can't remember her name, was like Una? I think her name was Una. She brought in like three boxes of his Cuban cigars to the cigar store where I used to hang out. And I like bought them up immediately. I thought, I've got Orson Welles' cigar. Yeah. <laughs> he will enter me through these. <laughs> I will have his soul. And all of a sudden, I was able to do Orson Welles as I puffed on his Monte Cristos. 
You didn't yeah. tell the lady at the cigar shop that, did you? <laughs> I asked, I'm going to suck your dead, uh, your dead <laughs> boyfriend into my soul. <laughs> when when you were auditioning for uh, you know for for uh, the brain and Pinky and the Brain yeah. for Animaniacs, right? Did you know right away that that's what you were going to do? That that's the voice that you were going to go with? Because Stephen, I had the hubris to think they'd created the character for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah! I looked at the brain and thought, "Oh, they've drawn an Orson Welles lab mouse just for me because they know I do Orson Welles." And and this was not what they had in mind at all. He was actually a caricature of a guy in the office, a staff writer named Tom Minton. But I thought this is Orson Welles, so my immediate thing was to go to Orson Welles. Wow! I thought that's what they wanted from me, and they all went, "Oh my God, that's so inspired!" <laughs> you thought to do Orson Welles for a little tiny lab mouse? You're a genius! And oh my no, God. I'm talking like Mark Hamill now, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized I'm talking in Mark's rhythms. <laughs> so. Mark is one of the most enthusiastic and like he's a true, I, Mark, if you're listening, I mean this as a compliment, a true geek. I mean, he just, he geeks out over so much stuff. I've gotten to work with him on so many things. We've become friends. And like he was, when I met him, he referenced that. We were doing, I, we, I was coming out of Animaniacs in the morning. He was going in to do Batman and he was like, Andrea Romano, our director, went to say, oh, uh, she said, would you like to meet Mark Hamill? I said, sure, I'm a big fan. And she goes, Mark, I'd like you to meet. Oh, Maurice Lamarche, I love you. <laughs> you, you're the young comedian special. You were the first one on. You do so many great impressions. I love you. You're great. Oh my and I was like, God. really? You know me? Because I have, I have like walls and walls of videotapes of comedians. I study comedians. And wow. so that was, oh my God. yeah, so I, I was like, wow, Mark Hamill knew me. I was like, that's cool. <laughs> also, Mark yeah. Hamill, if you're listening, come do the show. Yeah. 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 So Mark, this is a great show. show. Come on the God's show. Sake. Uh, oh, he's, he's incredible. I, yeah, for, I uh, first time I met Mark Hamill, I- uh, He's an incredible uh, actor. I don't, I don't want to say I cried, uh, but I shook uh, the whole time. I was. <laughs> I uh, thought you were going to say you shat the whole time. I shat. <laughs> you were like, shat. I, I was like, don't say you shat. the whole time. You um, shook. You shook. Meeting Mark. I was too nervous. And really? It was like it, he's one of the few people that I really uh, I, I've had trouble meeting because it was too. I had that with John Cleese. I oh, met John yeah. Cleese. Yeah. My friend Liam McIntyre, uh, the, the 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 second Spartacus from the TV series, brought me backstage. We went we went to see Cleese and Idol, Carrick mm -hmm. Idol, in conversation. Uh, I forget which theater it was, but he brought me backstage and downstairs. And Liam had just done a picture with. Please. So they were like buddies, you know. They were, and 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 soon as I met him, first of all, he's six four, and I, I just, I just melted. I mean, I'm, I, I comedy, I am doing because you <laughs> memorized all your bits, and you know, Rob Paulson and me, we Monty Python, and we bonded <laughs> over what you do, sir. And he said, "Oh, very nice. Yes, thank you. Very, very lovely to meet you. Thank you. Very nice." What an awful person. Uh, you know, I, was like, <laughs> I was just, and I was like, I mean, I've got Anthony Hopkins in my speed dial. I know oh, Anthony oh, Hopkins. Wow. He doesn't intimidate me at all. But John Cleese. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. It's yeah, weird how there are like certain one. celebrities that freak people out. Like yeah. it's, it's not the ones you think. Like well, I got super excited and I couldn't even talk when I met Wink Martindale. <laughs> yeah, that's the one for me where I was true. like, it's Wink Martindale, the I host of Tic Tac Look Go. at the face. I was a real person. They don't know who he is. <laughs> no one no. knows who that is. Wink Martindale was a game show host <laughs> that existed. In, yeah. the, in the early 1980s. <laughs> that's what he did. He existed.
And Matt literally lost Wink, his shit. Wink, Wink Martindale was a legend. I have to yes. give it up to you on that. <laughs> yeah, he Wink was, was great. Uh, he, he got very excited. I'm just loving. This is so soft. This is real soft. Would yeah, you people like to just come up and just come up and feel the table? Feel this table. These tablecloths are It's velvet. I can't stop touching it <laughs> and doing Mark Hamill when I touch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Well, the second time I met Hamill, I was wearing a Hydra pin. I was wearing a suit with a Hydra <laughs> pin from uh, the you know from, from Marvel Agents of and Shield. Agents yeah, of Shield. And well, he, you have a Hydra pin. He, so someone goes, "Hey, uh, that's a nice Hydra pin." And I go, "Thanks. I like Hydra, but it's hard to be a fan of them when you're Jewish because <laughs> they're Nazis, basically." <laughs> They're rogue science Nazi. division rogue of the Nazis. Yeah, yes. exactly. And he goes, they are, you know, and like <laughs> popped up. And I was like, yeah, that's uh, what they are. And he goes, you know, I play one of the, I play a Hydra character on a, the on a t- an animated TV show. And I didn't know that that's who they, that's what they were. And I go, I go, Hamill, <laughs> you got one fandom you have to worry about. All right. You don't have to worry about all this nerd shit. Let us handle the fucking X-Men. All right. What Logan's fucking ID number is. You handle the Star Wars nonsense that's happening right, right now. All right. And, and, and I, you know, I never noticed that it said New York on the bottom of my lightsaber. <laughs> and now the whole Internet's exploding. It's true. Did you, did you look at that clip? No. Holy crap. When when. Empire Strikes Back when Luke is hanging upside down mm-hmm. in the womp, womp the ice cave the yeah. Wampus yeah. cave yeah. sure and he reaches <laughs> and the the lightsaber is just buried in the snow if you freeze frame do a screen grab and turn it upside down the word New York <laughs> is on the bottom of the fucking lightsaber <laughs> i thought that this was happening with with you know i thought they were they put it in there on youtube no i actually did that i streamed it and it's and i did a key on my iphone and it's upside you got to turn it upside down but the word new york's on the bottom of the freaking oh, lightsaber nobody noticed it for 39 or 40 years mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the internet is exploding where the one guy notices it, it says new york yeah, that's, I love it. That's I like the. Ad- Why didn't I notice that? I was hanging upside down. <laughs> oh my! I could have God. seen it upside down. <laughs> so Why? Crazy. That's Mark crazy because as technology's gotten better, <laughs> what? Like as technology's gotten better, we can see things that were in there that they're just like, oh, nobody ever noticed. Right? Yeah. But we, and there's probably all kinds of stuff in Disney cartoons from like the 40s and 50s that they wouldn't want us to notice. And people go through like frame by frame, and they're like, hey, look, right. there's a dick. You know, it's like. Oh, yeah. Well, apparently yeah. In, in the original release of Little Mermaid, which oh, yeah. transforms. Yeah. 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 There's a frame. Oh, yeah. Totally uh, so accidental, of course. A yeah. <laughs> well, there's a frame. Hey, so uh, we have a gift uh, that we'd like to give someone in the audience uh, before we do the Q&A with, with the audience here. Um, it, it, this company uh, is very nice and, and sent us something. They, uh, they're called... Uh, uh, should we say the name of the company? Yeah, just read the thing. Would you Would you mind maybe reading the thing about the company? And you, Where and is you it? Do, it's, sure. it's right here. But if you could read it as uh, Orson, <laughs> that would be. I mean, it's that would be uh, magical. If you If you don't mind, then we'll we'll get it and give it to the audience here. We know a charming little company in Detroit with pillows of fashion to look like ladies' buttocks. <laughs> Every July, people order from all over so that they can rest their weary heads on a buttress pillow. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry. <clears throat> you can't emphasize in. Don't you know? Don't you mean on? On a buttress pillow? That's much more pleasing. 
Yeah. Um, actually, you know, it is it is in. Can we show a picture of the buttress pillow in. that we're going to give away? That is. Here. It's a pillow uh, uh, shaped like a like a woman's uh, like a woman's behind. Does that make more sense? There it is. So we'll give that. There you go. Does that make any more sense? Ah, uh, yes. All right, here the we go. Pillow, like this. <laughs> the buttress That's how pillow. In the pillow. In the pillows, like this. Oh, there you yeah. go. You lay like that. Oh, the other way. That's nice. Correct. That's so nice the way you're doing that. <laughs> we know a. Li- <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring that on a plane to Orlando. <laughs> we know a lady in Detroit who's behind is celebrated for its excellence. The new buttress pillow is inspired by that same excellence. The name, the name might be tough on the ear, but it's quite soft on the tongue. <laughs> the buttress pillow. Yes! Thank you. Maurice Lamarge, let him Come hear it! on! What, are you kidding me? It's <laughs> so amazing. We were just the buttress pillow, Stephen. We rewrote pillow, that Steven. for an hour and a half this <laughs> oh. afternoon. It just, we were we, just, it's got to be just right. It's got to be just right. Just right. Um, <laughs> let's take some Mike Glazer. Where are you? Mike Glazer. Right 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 I snuck out early. Mike Glazer. Emmy nominated Mike Glazer. Emmy nominated. Are you nominated this year, Mike? It was last year. Last year. But this year, I booked my first national Dunkin' Donuts commercial, so that's excellent. Oh, yeah, baby. Do you have a question? Right there? All right, let me come right. around. So best question will get the buttress pillow. There That's we go. We'll best oh, perfect. question gets the Who buttress pillow. Who decides who's got pillow. the best question? I do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be the guy. Hey, Matt, before we continue the show, um, here's something really cool I, I just wanted to chat with you about. Uh, Yo Shirt. Uh, Yo Shirt is back, and they're killing it. I'm like, I'm, as you know, I'm such a huge fan of this company. YoShirt was the first and the longest running mobile application that allows you to create custom apparel and accessories. And it's much more than just shirts. They got stash sacks. They got tote bags. They got beach towels. They got all the stuff. Uh, there's, the, the list goes on and on. And you know I'm a huge fan of, uh, of, of YoShirt. Yeah, but you have an Android phone. Like I thought they were only on Apple. You know what? They were just on Apple. And when good memory, Matt. That's why we love you because you got a good memory. I used to have an iPhone, and I went to Comic-Con with YoShirt. We did this whole thing together. It was so cool. But then I got sick of the damn iPhone always breaking. What kind of who makes a phone out of out of glass? Okay, every time I drop it, I would. I was also dropping my phone too much. Yeah. Anyways, so I got I got an Android, and they didn't have the app on there. Uh, and and so I, I hit them up. I was like, Hey, can you guys put it up on the uh, Android? And you know what they did? They put it up on Android. Hell yes, they did. They they put up the entire app just for Android. So now it's on Android. Everyone can get it in the Play Store. And you know what? Fans are loving it, and they're really enjoying it. Um, and here's the really cool thing. And if you're listening to this, you're going to love this. Each week, they are putting custom art that's specific to our show. And all you have to do is select a product that you want to design, then just hit the little smiley face icon. And that is going to give you access to a sticker pack full of, of uh, cool images from our show and all sorts of fun artwork that we have that's just limited, for, like a limited time that you can uh, design a shirt with that artwork. So someone can like take it, they can make something cool with it, and then they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be able to tweet it to us. They're gonna tweet us the designs using mm-hmm. hashtag Yo Glickman and hashtag Yo Shirt, and the best ones are gonna win a hundred dollars in free Yo Shirt credit. Oh, wow. that is a hundred percent. That that way you can get whatever the hell you uh, want with who's, that. Who's gonna judge it? Um, well. Well, I don't know, Matt. Do you want to judge it? 
because then can I just judge it and win myself? No, you cannot. Oh, you okay. All right, you're already out. I'm going to judge it, and I'm going <laughs> to win. Uh, no, I'm going to judge it, and you're going to win. That's how this is going to work. Now, each product is hand-cut and sewn. Uh, they're handmade here in the USA, and every product is one of one, just like you, Matt. That's my Borg designation. That's your Borg <laughs> designation. Oh, you're such a Star Trek nerd. Uh, go to YoShirt.com. That's YoShirt.com. It's YoShirt.com. Go in uh, on the uh, play, Apple the, the Play Store. Go to Apple. Go wherever. Find YoShirt.com. You can do this and use hashtag YoGlickman and hashtag YoShirt. All right, let's get back to the show. So everyone knows. Terrible question. He doesn't get the button. <laughs> we keep going. That's no a statement, buttons. not a question. Okay. My introduction to you was actually through Hey Arnold with Big Bob Pataki. Big Bob Pataki, the beeper uh, king. <laughs> oh my God. That's right. Come on, Helga. Help me find my lucky belt buckle. I got to open my new beeper emporium. Ah, come on. You and I are going to go round and round. All right. Yes, sir. Correct. So I was just wondering where your inspiration for Big Bob came in. Big Bob, I actually based the voice on a friend of mine who's not with us anymore, uh, but he actually was one of, the, one of the kindest people I've ever met. His name was Bruce McCullough, not the Bruce McCullough from The Kids in the Hall. And he was just this big bear of a man who, uh, well, I can say it now, you know, it's, 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 it, he had, since passing away. He, he welcomed me into a group of people who uh, helped me with my drug problem, you know, and, and he was one of the sweetest people. He just made me feel welcome. And uh, it's a bunch of people who don't do drugs one day at a time. I can't say the name because it's anonymous. Um, <laughs> not that there's any alcoholics in it. Anyway, um, but uh, Bruce was one of those sweet people. So he, his voice was like this. He was like, hey, Maurice, come on. I saved you a seat. How's it going? I don't know. I'm having a rough day, Bruce. Oh, no. Oh, rough day. Well, come on. Let's go for breakfast. He was just a sweet guy. But I, I took that and kind of turned it on its, on its buttress. <laughs> and and made him this the kind of mean guy. I just loved his resonance so much, and so I I I, I that's where Big Bob comes from. He's, he's Bruce, but he's kind of an asshole. Damn, that's a good question. Yeah. Good job. Wow. Right there, you you might find right now. your head in a buttress. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Hello, I'm Bianca. Hi. Hi, Bianca. Amazing to meet you. Have okay. So, who are your VO heroes, and what inspire you? And if, is there a cartoon character that you wish you voiced? You lend your voice. Uh, sure. Um, okay. My, my VO heroes are just about everybody who isn't me. Uh, I mean, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm in awe of, of Eric Bauza, who's, he's kind of, he's like, he's, he's like, he reminds me so much of myself. He's from Toronto and he's, he's, he's got an incredible ear and he can make his voice do anything. Uh, but he's like, a, you know, he's, he's much younger than I am. He's taking all my work. Um, that's okay because he's nice and he's Canadian, okay? But uh, I love Eric Bowser. I mean, my, my ultimate hero, you know, long lost, uh, Mel Blanc, obviously, yeah. also Dawes Butler, um, living Frank Welker, who has the most credits on the IMDb in the world and was my mentor. I mean, I, my very first US job. I Megatron, correct? Exactly. Oh, yeah. But I did a couple of Canadian specials, but my, really my first work was Inspector Gadget. Mm-hmm. And Frank was, um, was uh, Dr. Claw. And, and he basically, uh, on the 26 episodes we did in the second season, I played the chief. I was the chief on Inspector Gadget. And he showed me uh, everything. It was, like a, it was like an intensive sitting next to Frank. 
He showed me mic technique. He showed me page technique. He showed me how to do a character physicalizing without making any noise that would distract, you know, from the read. I mean, he was just amazing. And I'd known him for a year before I got to work with him. He was just, he and I had a mutual friend in Howie Mandel. And so, you know, we would hang out and he would say, you should do voiceover. I was like, I know it's a tough nut to crack. I'm going to start talking you up. And sure enough, when I started auditioning, people like Ginny McSwain said, oh yeah, you're the guy Frank Welker has been telling us about. So really Frank, wow. huge hero of mine, Billy West. I just think he's, he's amazing. He's the guy that I go, I, you know, when you play tennis with somebody better than you, your game comes up. And that's the way I feel about Billy West. It's like, mm -hmm. let, me, let me in a room with Billy West and my, name will come, my game will come up to where he is. He's just a genius. Um, so those are some of my heroes. And uh, characters I'd love to take a whack at. I, I've told this story a few times. I had a chance to read for The Joker when they retooled Batman for his like year one was a show called The Batman. And I really went to this kind of Hannibal Lectory kind of place because they said, we want to go away from the Mark Hamill thing. This is a reinvention. So I, I, I really tried to do a kind of like almost Lecter-like thing with it. And uh, I didn't get it. Kevin Michael Richardson got it and it was the right choice because physicalization of the character, they drew him very big and a brawny, a brawny joker. Um, but I always wanted to do that. So I used that voice for Calendar Man in, uh, if any of you are gamers, Arkham City. Uh, so that's the voice, if you want to know what I did for Joker, it was like Calendar Man, except with a little bit more humor in it. And you know that uh, on every holiday, you can go visit your cell in the game. Absolutely. And he'll tell a different holiday story of oh, murder. cheery. <laughs> wow. Pretty cool. No, he's, it's a very, it's a creepy friggin' character. And you can only play him on holidays. So if you go, if you play Arkham City on Valentine's Day, he'll, Batman will visit him and he'll describe a Valentine's murder because his whole thing was killing God. it was a creepy friggin thing to have to play i went into like <laughs> the darkest recesses of my soul and then i wanted to shower when i was done oh my well imagine God. how i felt playing it I <laughs> <was terrible. laughs> at least i got it all done in one recording session you had me for a year in your cycle. all right we got to choose between oh, these two no no, oh, no no wait no. do we have one more we had one more one, if you want to make it a three all right take the last yeah? one there, it was your hand almost went up do you actually yeah okay she's got a question folks um, it's two parts. One, how do you stay inspired? And if the buttress had a voice, what would it be? Oh, Ooh, coming in hot. Great question. Wow. wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. How do, I, how do I stay inspired? I mean, I just, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm inspired by the buttress right now. I, um, no, what I do is, I mean, I, my, my thing is, to, is that I'm just always excited about the next thing to come along and who I get to work with. Like right now I'm working on a show with, uh, with my friend Rob Paulson that I've signed an NDA, NDA on, so I can't tell you what it is. Pinky of Pinky and the Brain. Yes, he is Pinky of Pinky and the Brain. Yeah. Yes. And many is. other things. And many others. But he and I are working on a, we're working on a couple of things right now. One of them I can tell you about is uh, the fifth iteration of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh. Where we're both playing villains. And this time I'm the stupid one and he's the smart one. Whoa. Um, but I mean, just knowing I get to work with these, with these people and, and, and the idea that I'm creating or helping to create something that, that brings happiness to people's mornings or Saturday mornings. I just, you know, I, I do these Comic-Cons and I find out the impact the show has had on people, whether it's Pinky in the Brain or Futurama or whatever. People have said, to me uh, like once a weekend and I go and do all of these about 10 weekends a year, at least once a weekend, someone says, y you know, your show got me through, 
you know, my dad's chemotherapy. We'd watch while he was getting his chemotherapy or, or, you know, I almost committed suicide. I've had a couple of people say this. I was ready to, to do it, but I went home and the, the show was on the air. I sat down and the show made me laugh. And that laughter was enough to lift me out of the doldrums so that I didn't follow through. You know, wow. because, few, you know, the thing is, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. You know, and, and, and the t- you know, it's, it's just, if you could just not do it and, and, and talk to somebody or get, get yourself directed some other way, you know, and so if, if I've had any part in that, that makes, that, that inspires me. And uh, I'll just follow that with voicing the buttress pillow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good God. How you doing? I'm the buttress pillow. <laughs> yeah. I know I look like a lady, but I'm all bad here. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I'm just a big butt. Yeah. Oh, come on. You want to be, uh, you want to put me, you want to put your head in me? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we can go all Orson Welles in our advertising, but we know what we're really all about. That's a guy that does Pilates. That's, what yeah. that's, that's, that's right. I do do Pilates. Give her the Ladies pillow. and gentlemen, give it up for Maurice right. LaMarche. Thank you. That was great. Enjoy your buttress pillow. Get it going. Get it going. Maurice LaMarche, let him hear it, everybody. <laughs> wow. Oh, he's so amazing, Matt. It's, it's fascinating to listen to that. Um, and you hear about like the personal tragedy in his life and then oh. how he was able to move on from that and achieve this great career. You know, where... the, the thing is, we've talked to him before. Mm-hmm. And what I found so fascinating about this was being in an intimate setting like that with an audience like Maurice, just he opened up and he yeah. shared some beautiful stories about his life and about... Uh, about uh, things that he had gone through, and uh, you're you're so right. I mean, talking about uh, personal tragedy and and dealing with addiction and all the th- stuff mm-hmm. that he's dealt with, that's not at all what I was expecting. You know and what I wasn't expecting? What him to do a commercial for the buttress pillow? I thought he was going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought he was going to say no too. So the fact that he did a commercial for the buttress pillow on our podcast is ridiculous. He is a good sport. He's a good guy, and yeah. that's a real product. Um, guys, thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to subscribe to the Nighttime Show podcast. Uh, you can follow Maurice Lamarche on Twitter and Instagram, places like that. He's there. He's tweeting. He's posting. Just look up at Maurice Lamarche. Yes. And, and the uh, spelling's in the description of the show. You can, uh, if you want to follow uh, Mike Glazer, who was asking the questions in the audience, Emmy-nominated Mike Glazer, you can get him <laughs> at Glazer Boo Hoo Hoo on social media. Mike Black Attack uh, is, is Mike Black, our announcer. You can get him, Mike Black Attack, on all social uh, Matt Walker here, of course. I've got links to everything at funnymat.com, or if you are upset by any of my questions, let me know at mattwalkersucks.com. Yes, and people do. And you can always get me at Stephen Glickman, S-T-E-P-H-E-N Glickman, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Snapchat, all the p- LinkedIn, wherever you want. Thanks for listening to the show, and don't forget to subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>